when you listen to the criticism of, of uh, the, uh, the entire series of protests that took place on January 6th, partly led by Donald Trump and his supporters, but partly just people who were upset over the conduct of what the election happened. Now, we're talking about January 6th protests that took place at the Ellipse. There's a totally different situation there. You know, what happened at the Ellipse was completely different from what happened at the Capitol building. And they're two different things. What is the Ellipse? The Ellipse is where the Washington Monument is. Okay. There was a separate protest organized by Trump supporters and others and MAGA. And they were there and many of them uh, were, were there just uh, taking part in those activities and protesting the outcome of the election, which they did not like. And they felt was unfair in many states, just as we're seeing right now in Maricopa County and Arizona and other areas. So, you know, th these are issues that need to be addressed, but were not addressed by this January 6th committee. Uh, there were issues about security. There were issues about was a lot of this a setup, a, 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 a operation to try and draw out people who would engage in acts that were negative towards uh, government. Um, was this an attempt by some to stage a kind of counter coup by allowing a kind of counter violence? If you look at some of the videos that were shown during this January 6th hearings, you see people being walked onto the Capitol grounds, including the Mr. Shaman guy and all that, and all these weird groups that came into the Capitol building that day. And uh, the, the sad reality is the only person who was killed inside the Capitol was a protester who was just looking through a window. You know, she had been warned not to not to not to go near it, but there were police officers on both sides of her. It was in an area that was secure still. Uh, there was a there was a secure wooden door. There was no way to get through there. And to this day, nobody knows why on earth the security officer who was responsible for that shot that woman and killed her. This was not brought up during the January 6th hearings. There were supposedly four other deaths, mostly people suffering from other medical conditions um, who passed away uh, as a result of uh, the protests. Now, whether they were law enforcement or whether they were protesters themselves, uh, there were, I believe, an equal number on both sides. Some were police officers who, who had medical conditions and probably shouldn't have been uh, deployed in that type of a situation. So th this was a failure in the leadership of the, of the house at the time and, and, and all that. But as we discussed that, let's listen to Sean Spicer. Now, he talked about this. Now, Sean was, of course, uh, a former spokesman at the White House. You know, he uh, early on in the, in the Trump administration uh, uh, discussed and talked about all these issues. And he raised uh, those issues very, very uh, often uh, as to, you know, how sometimes some members of Congress were very biased on the issues that were being raised by, by the former president. And let's listen to what uh, he had to say. And this is how they made criminal referrals of what we would call trumped-up charges versus Donald Trump. And uh, this January 6th committee, we have to remember, did not really have any representative on it who was from the opposition or independent groups. It was a purely Democrat witch hunt. Uh, it was entirely composed of members of the Democrat Party and a pair of Republicans who are basically Democrats at heart and just wear the Republican label because that's the only way they can win in the states where they live in. 
and of course one of them is, is famously uh, the, the you know the, the daughter of the former vice president uh, Dick Cheney you know some people call her Nicholas Cheney because she just basically acts like her dad would and uh, you know just completely totally acted weird during these hearings acting like some you know Nazi terror trial judge but I dwell, you know, I dwell too much on that. So let's listen to what John Spicer had to say about what was happening. All right, the partisan January 6th Select Committee giving itself a pat on the back in its final hearing today after nearly 18 months, 10 hearings, and over 1,000 interviews. They failed to get to the bottom of the massive security failures that day and why House Speaker's Nancy Pelosi's sergeant-at-arms didn't call in additional security. But of course, the criminal referrals are out against Trump, and they are historic. Joining me now to break them down is former acting U.S. Attorney Matt Whitaker. Matt, good to see you. Hey, Sean. So... I want to I, I want to break these down with real quick in each one because I this is what you do uh, and I'm not an attorney as I've said before but again this is not whether you like Trump or not the question is is the law clear on this so the first one was obstructing an official proceeding Donald Trump was on the mall he gave a speech how do they come to the conclusion that he who was a mile away obstructed an official proceeding I don't think they can. I mean, this is uh, an amazing um, moment in American history, mostly for how stupid uh, these members of Congress have demonstrated themselves. So, I mean, obviously there's no evidence that he did this uh, or meets the legal criteria uh, to be charged with it. All right, then the next one was conspiracy to defraud the government. Are they claiming that he was going to profit for something. I mean, like, what is the what is the underlying law with respect to defrauding the government that they would be accusing him of? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's dangerous for you or I to get in the heads of these uh, folks because, as you know, they're all Trump haters and they see the world and their worldview is much different, uh, at least from mine and I'm sure yours as well. Because we have to bring logic, reason, common sense and facts to bear, and they don't appear to be required to do any of those things. Right. And I just want to make sure I'm saying this for the viewers correctly. Like, these are them just suggesting things to the Department of Justice, which frankly already has a, a special counsel looking into this, not like they needed these guys to do this. But then they get into this one that I thought was interesting, making a false statement and inciting, assisting, or aiding and comforting an insurrection. So two things. One, wouldn't he have to have been like under under oath i mean people say things all the time uh either online or in person or make statements and speeches and frankly so do all these members of congress and if you're going to hold them accountable for things that they said um i would think that without being under oath that would be a problem and then second what i would ask you is no one that i'm aware of that was involved in january 6th was actually ever charged with being part of an insurrection, right? So legally speaking, how do you charge him with inciting an insurrection where no one's actually been charged for an insurrection? Yeah, and it's that's a great point. I mean, DOJ is going to say, thank you very much for your referral. They're gonna put it over there to your first point. Uh, you know, Jack Smith already has a special counsel investigation looking at uh, President Trump's uh, participation or involvement in January 6th. So this isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, to the broader picture, you know, the Department of Justice has actually looked at this issue of insurrection as it relates to the 800 people they've charged, and they have not 
um, charged insurrection. In fact, in the cases, uh, the you know the conspiracy uh, to commit sedition or seditious acts, um, they have been fairly explicit that these people just used uh, the Trump speech in that day as a pretext to do what they had already planned to do, separate and distinct. And, and Donald Trump wasn't even a co, uh, an unindicted co-conspirator. And so, you know, Sean, this uh, this referral is pure politics. And, and unfortunately, it's power politics where, you know, they're trying to create a narrative. They're trying to make it sound like Donald Trump did things, but they don't have the burden of proof. They don't have to prove anything. They just make right. these allegations and repeat the facts over and over and over and hope that a complicit media uh, will just regurgitate talking points. But this is this is a shame, and, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, beware of when this comes back around uh, against Democrats. That a good point there. Um, I, I do want to bring up, they also made referral about Kevin McCarthy and a couple of the other members, Jim Banks and others, uh, sent them to the Ethics Committee saying that they defied their subpoenas. Here's my question for you. When Republicans take control next year and they start issuing subpoenas, do you think that Democrats, from a legal standpoint, will be on a strong ground to say, well, Republicans didn't comply with committee subpoenas, neither should we now? Yeah, and you just pointed out the entire nihilism of what Congress does in these examples. You know, this is in this extra constitutional referral where, you know, they're not charged with charging crimes. You know, the executive branch has the police power um, through the Constitution. But, you know, you're going to see uh, subpoenas issued from Republican committee chairs to de their Democrat colleagues. They're not going to respond. They're going to, you know, then refer them. To, I mean, again, it, it is it is not going anywhere. It's not solving the issues that are facing the American people, Sean. And I know you are as frustrated as I, and you're, I'm sure your viewers are so frustrated that, you know, this is how this Congress concludes uh, their last session, is having this uh, ridiculous show trial come to a referral, uh, you know, for criminal charges, which the Department of Justice is going to yawn at. So you're listening there, of course, to Matthew Whitaker. He was the uh, former acting attorney general of the United States. Uh, he actually uh, ran the Justice Department for, for a short period of time. And, you know, as to the uh, four referrals uh, for criminal referrals, as I said, versus President Trump by an entirely biased uh, group that was made up entirely of Democrats and, and, and Trump critics. Uh, you know, that was hand-selected by Nancy Pelosi to be a radical group of, of critics against the American people and against uh, their president. Uh, you know, when I say against the American people, I mean, that's because exactly what they're doing. You know, what they're doing is something that is typical of a kangaroo court you would see in the former Soviet Union. But what they were doing is, is typical of what you would see in, uh, for example, uh, you know, Nazi Germany. Uh, or, or you know, the uh, radical governments in Nicaragua or uh, Venezuela or other places where you have a uniparty rule that basically sets, uh, you know, this person that they're after and they just make up anything as it goes along. It was almost like the, the commune in, in Paris. There were some allegations that they made that, yes, had some possible basis, but primarily for civil suits, perhaps, or for other issues. But none of them would seem to be worthy of criminal referrals. 
However, you do have a special prosecutor now who is going to be uh, persecuting, I mean, prosecuting uh, the former president and trying to at least and coming up with any cases and issues that they can come up with. And in fact, they're listening to everything, including things like this podcast, to be able to use and say that, you know, anybody who comes out and says something favorable about Donald Trump or his family or his running of uh, things, uh, you know, uh, in Washington over the four years that he was president uh, is is something that is, uh, you know, not to be listened to. You know, if they can deplatform Trump in every way, you know, they will, and 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 that is, uh, you know, that is their entire uh, narrative and situation and, and, and everything that, that that they're working on at this time. So you know, this this is there is a problem with that, that they have. You know, they don't want anything said by the former president to be heard, especially things like this, where Donald Trump is talking about how free speech is the most important thing when it comes to topics being discussed within these United States by Americans. You know, and, and, and this is something that, you know, that they don't want to hurt. They don't want to talk about. They don't want to listen to. Uh, and and why? If we don't have free speech, then we just don't have a free country. It's as simple as that. If this most fundamental right is allowed to perish, then the rest of our rights and liberties will topple, just like dominoes, one by one, they'll go down. That's why today I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And reclaim is a very important word in this case, because they've taken it away. In recent weeks, bombshell reports have confirmed that a sinister group of deep state bureaucrats, Silicon Valley tyrants, left-wing activists, and depraved corporate news media have been conspiring to manipulate and silence the American people. They have collaborated to suppress vital information on everything from elections to public health. The censorship cartel must be dismantled and destroyed, and it must happen immediately. And here's my plan. First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis- or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, the DOJ, no matter who they are, Second, I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law, and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, 
and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory, and constitutional offenses. To assist in these efforts, I am urging House Republicans to immediately send preservation letters — and we have to do this right now — to the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, and every Silicon Valley tech giant, ordering them not to destroy evidence of censorship. Third, upon my inauguration as President, I will ask Congress to send a bill to my desk revising Section 230 to get big online platforms out of censorship business. From now on, digital platforms should only qualify for immunity protection under Section 230 if they meet high standards of neutrality, transparency, fairness, and non-discrimination. We should require these platforms to increase their efforts to take down unlawful content such as child exploitation and promoting terrorism while dramatically curtailing their power to arbitrarily restrict lawful speech. Fourth, we need to break up the entire toxic censorship industry that has arisen under the false guise of tackling so-called myths and disinformation. The federal government should immediately stop funding all nonprofits and academic programs that support this authoritarian project. If any U.S. university is discovered to have engaged in censorship activities or election interferences in the past, such as flagging social media content for removal of blacklisting, those universities should lose federal research dollars and federal student loan support for a period of five years and maybe more. We should also enact new laws laying out clear criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to do an end run around the Constitution and deprive Americans of their First, Fourth, and Fifth Amendment rights. In other words, deprive them of their vote. And once you lose those elections, and once you lose your borders like we have, you no longer have a country. Furthermore, to confront the problems of major platforms being infiltrated by legions of former deep staters and intelligence officials, there should be a seven-year calling-off period before any employee of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DNI, DHS, or DOD is allowed to take a job at a company possessing vast quantities of U.S. user data. Fifth, the time has finally come for Congress to pass a digital Bill of Rights. This should include a right to digital due process. In other words, government officials should need a court order to take down online content, not send information requests such as the FBI was sending to Twitter. Furthermore, when users of big online platforms have their content or accounts removed, throttled, shadow banned, or otherwise restricted, no matter what name they use, they should have the right to be informed that it's happening, the right to a specific explanation of the reason why, and the right to a timely appeal. In addition, all users over the age of 18 should have the right to opt out of content moderation and curation entirely and receive an unmanipulated stream of information if they so choose. The fight for free speech is a matter of victory or death for America and for the survival of Western civilization itself. When I am president, this whole rotten system of censorship and information control 
will be ripped out of the system at large. There won't be anything left. By restoring free speech, we'll begin to reclaim our democracy and save our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. that was Donald Trump from, uh, what was his name? This was, uh, uh, I believe on his account on Rumble, uh, and, uh, you know, several thousand comments about this, uh, you know, thousands of shares, uh, people, you know, reacting positively to this and, 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 and how it was, uh, how it was, uh, brought out and, and, uh, discussed. Um, and he brought up some very important points. You know, first of all, that, that free speech uh, is, is, you know, uh, essential in a free country. That, that if you cannot have free speech, you know, uh, then, then you do not have a free country. And these are topics and discussions that, that you did not hear anything about during the January 6th hearings, for example. Um, and, and essentially that the Democrats have been running roughshod over the majority of America over the last uh, two years. Uh, it is sad to think that it has lasted this long. People have been this, you know, uh, over over many non-events, in fact, um, and staged events and manipulated events uh, that, that we have come to this point. And uh, it is essentially the endless persecution of anyone who has any views that that are not of the woke mindset of being crushed and oppressed and not able to express themselves beyond a certain level. I am sure my, my podcast about this will probably be demonetized, will probably be pushed down, and will probably be driven further down again in the rankings. I have tried to, you know, uh, post and, and be fair and uh, carry all sides, but, but when there is no other side, freedom... There is no other side but, but democracy. There is no other side but the right to expression. And there comes a time when you have to take a side and say, hey, enough is enough. Yes, Trump is right. You cannot have free speech in a country that essentially is not run freely anymore. That is a country where there is a regime in power seeks to do nothing but oppress its own people and for what end but to keep empowered a group of people who are the unelected and unelectable whose goals are siding with evil and all that is wrong in God's green earth God bless you God bless everyone and God bless these United States of America I'm Mike of New York Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with more.